and welcome to another Dr. Supercoach podcast. I'm joined this week by Pistol slash I Love Elliot. Yo, how are we, buddy? <laughs> I'm not too bad, thanks. How are you going? Yeah, not, not too bad at all. Um, we're going to talk a lot about Elliot Yo in this podcast because you seem to have developed a crazy man crush that has um, seemingly overtaken your life. So we'll discuss that in a little while. Um, how about we get into how our weeks went? Um, we both had absolutely sensational weeks again. Um, how'd you go, mate? <laughs> well, uh, you said it yourself, it was uh, decent. I scored 2,205, which pushed me into 327th JB. Decent, he reckons. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Uh, considering the, the Parsons almost donut, um, I'm, I'm happy with that 2205. Yes, modest as always. Um, I was able to scrape through 2160. Um, which improved my rank by 326 and got me all the way up to rank 207. So um, we're both in good moods this year as opposed to last year in which we are both failing miserably, but we will not think about that. Um, and I think we're going to jump straight into the Cancer Council um, update this week, Pistol, because there is some huge news. Yeah, some big news on the Cancer Council front. Firstly, um, to Jack paying the Zach Jones tax again. <laughs> Zach Jokes is now averaging more than 90, so Jack is just pretty much paying $10 every week at this stage um, due to the Zach Jones tax. Um, he also wanted to give a shout-out to the friends and family of his high school PE teacher, Mrs. Tanner, who passed away from ovarian cancer late last week. Um, he says you will be missed. But the big news or biggest news on the uh, Cancer Council front is that we've had an unbelievable donation by Daniel. Um, he has... I think love the work that we've done. He said, keep up the good work, guys. And he's pretty much matched what was already in the kitty. So he's donated $500 to the charity, which is unbelievable. Daniel, like, thank you so much. I mean, if you want your team and like 800 other teams rated, please just shoot us an email at uh, drscpod at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, we'd love to help you out in any way possible. So definitely shoot us an email. That is unbelievable. Thanks so much. Yeah, I don't know what we can possibly offer that that could mirror what he's put into the um, the donation this week, which is it's just exceptional. Um, so just a massive thank you to Daniel and everybody that's donated thus far this year. Um, we're on record pace, aren't we, Pistol? <laughs> We've pretty much we're we're just seventy dollars shy of our last year's tally. And there's a lot more rounds to go. So really hoping we can get another 70 by the end of the year. Might just get that through Zach Jones, actually. So we should be, um, we're looking good to covering uh, our help mark from last year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to donating for donuts during the buy rounds. That's for sure. It's a lot of fun and just great work from uh, the best community on Facebook. It's um, fair to say. And with that, we're going to jump straight into the round recap this week. And it starts with... I'm going to say it starts with an underdog upsetting a, um, a favorite, but that's pretty much how the whole weekend went. So we'll kick off with St. Kilda versus GWS. It's notable to see um, Heath Shaw scoring 95, but outscoring him again this week, Dylan Robertson, isn't he in some sensational form pistol? Yeah, he did. He scored another 96. So he is now averaging 107.9, which is just phenomenal for a defender. And yeah, honestly, as I've been saying, I'm, I'm sure he's going to finish as a top six defender. So if you haven't got him, it's pretty expensive now. I might have to wait till the buy. Um, otherwise, I'd definitely, I'd still get it like a Doherty over him. 
but he's in unbelievable form. Yeah, definitely um, in sensational form. And it was Taranto and even Jack Steele slightly disappointing us this week. But the big disappointment was Shane Mumford. For those who had to cover a Nankovic donut and switching back into the forward line, quite a few people looked to Shane Mumford due to his consistency this year. And he, it's fair to say he did not clear the first hurdle pistol. No, he only scored the 67, which is very disappointing for people that brought him in. No doubt. And Rewalt owners were also left very, very disappointed. Um, on to the next upset victory. It was Jared Waite taking down the Adelaide Crows. And <laughs> Jared Waite, was, it, was, it happened last year at the start of the year. And he's kicked off this year with... A ridiculous score against the Crows in Tasmania. Yeah, from his two games, he's averaging 147. And this is where last year we said, there's no way he can keep up 147 average. And then he maintained that for like six weeks. Um, fortunately, this year, we can't really get it too wrong because he got suspended. Uh, well, he's got um, offered a two-game ban or a one-game with an early plea. So people probably aren't jumping on him this week or next week, hopefully. It's a little bit of a difference because his break-even is only minus two. So for those people expecting to make a quick 100K, even if he scores 100 um, when he does return, which would be a solid score for Jared Waite, he's really only going to be making you like 45K, 40K. So not really worth a trade-in and trade-out like people were doing with Matera JB. No, I wouldn't be touching him um, with the thoughts of getting him back out of your team, that's for sure. If you're going to get him in and trust him as a premium um, you've got more guts than I do, but that's just the mindset that you have to take into trading him in if you so choose to do so. Um, a couple more premiums that scored decently. Uh, Goldstein was able to crack the ton, and as was Laird, which was uh, great signs for their owners. Um, Higgins was a little down this week, but I just call that a rest week for Higgins, just slowly chalking up a 70-plus score as per usual. He'll bounce back with a ton next week. But the main concern this week with this game was um, Ed Vickers-Willis, Otten, and Curtly Hampton all just um, really failing to fire at all all day. Yeah, it's a, a little bit of a worry. Both of the um, Adelaide Crows defenders now have a break-even around 90, so it's probably or very likely time to chop them out of the team, but there's a lack of downgrade options as well, which makes it very difficult. So the team news this week is going to be exceptionally important. Um, Hampton, yeah, I'd probably, I'd, I'd say most definitely trade um, Hampton before Otten. At least Otten looks still decent in that side and he looks capable of having a big score but Hampton kind of just runs around does his own thing and some games he'll go big but looking at at his uh he's consistently underperforming I would say so yeah to me Hampton is the one that I'm going to cut this week yeah definitely a smart decision because Otten's been um shown that he's definitely capable of um at least getting close to that 90 break even that he's sitting on so we'll talk a lot about the trading out options later on um, Pistol, I usually hand over to you for the column game. Do you want to take it this week, buddy? <laughs> you can't go easy on me now, but uh, sure, I'll, I'll uh, happily... Actually, I've, that's a bad choice of words. <laughs> I'll begrudgingly take the Collingwood game. Um, it was massive news with um, Sam Petrovsky set and absolutely dominating. Those that still held him, he's got 134 points and now has a break-even of minus 15. So he's going to go up you know, another 80 or so K, He's probably going to end up being the best rookie choice from all the rookies at the beginning of the year. And he was probably one of the most uncommon rookie choices as well. So, yeah, crazy 
I mean, for those that held him, well done. I know it's been testing your patience in recent times, but yeah, unbelievable game he played. Mark Murphy stood up again with a solid 118 to become one of the top five midfielders so far for this season. Taylor Adams with a 114, which is just basically his floor at the moment. He's been super, super consistent. Caleb Marchbank finally put in a 100-plus score with 108. His break-even now is only 32, so he's probably going to get close to that 400K mark in the coming weeks, which is perfect for around the buys. Um... Other news, Doherty 103, Cade Simpson 99, Pendlebury very poor, I'd say, by his own standards, 91 and and fumbling a lot. Um, Hopefully he bounces back if he doesn't miss as um, his wife is due um, sometime this week or next week. So within the next fortnight, Pendlebury will miss a day. Hopefully it's not um, a day of when Collingwood has to play. Wow, there's a a lot of relevant players in this game, JB. I feel like I've been talking for ages. Trelaw... Scored a uh, gentleman 73. How do you feel about that, JV? Um, I hate him, for starters. He's... Um, a little... I was looking at his scores for the year, and they're not as bad as what we remember them to be, but they're still pretty bad. And when you paid a premium for him at the start of the season like I did, um, which is honestly just not good enough. So... Um, Trelaw owners definitely hold to the buy is my best advice I can give but if he keeps on putting up these sorts of scores I will have no issue trading him out when it comes to the buys should I still have enough trades to do so and um, I don't think you just I don't think you touched on the Will Hoskin Elliott there his break even is still really low at something like 24 so um, those who opted to keep him a week or two ago are just really reaping the rewards with his scoring output and that pretty much wraps up that game pistol not a lot more to talk about except for daisy thomas's uh candy there buddy <laughs> no we uh we won't touch that we'll just move on to the port game you like talking about port go talk about port jb <laughs> i don't like talking about us when we kick 30 behinds and lose so um this game was dominated by patty Ryder in the air um, not that he's super, super coach relevant, but he put out a very, very high score this game. Um, Charlie Dixon, Ebert behind, they aren't really super coach relevant either. But Chad Wingard, um, coming off the round nine by, would you consider him as one of your last forward upgrades considering he's going to play round 11, 12, and 13 pistol? Can't say I've put too much thought into Wingard, but his scores have been very decent this year, especially he has a three-round average of 109. Um Oh, he's only averaging 92. I think he's good enough to be that, you know, fifth, sixth defense, uh, forward. However, a lot rests on Elliot Yo as I don't have him. And if he can maintain 110 average, I'd hate to sacrifice that last forward spot and uh, miss out on someone going 100 plus or well over 100 and, and take someone that's averaging 92 in Wingard instead. So... Yeah, a lot, a lot will depend <laughs> depends on you, but I guess we'll talk about that shortly. See what I mean, community? I can't get through 10 minutes of podcast without Pistol bringing up Yo again. It's like it's his game or something. Um, but to stick with Port, it was Power Pepper scoring a lowly 60, but good enough to keep his break-even down to about 10. And Robbie Gray barely showing up. He was just um, blanketed by a very good defensive effort by Hutchings, I believe it was. Um, the first favourite uh, that was able to actually overcome their opposition for the week, and that was 
Bulldogs against Richmond, and it was the Bonds and Pelly show in the last quarter there, Pistol. Um, you did make a decision to trade in Doherty over Bond. Are there any regrets, or is this just a last week to show up Bond being a um, top three, top four option? Oh, I don't know if uh, regret is the right word, given Doherty's performance was also very good, and I did miss out on getting uh, Ed Vickers-Willis, which obviously I got Parsons instead, so I'm, I can't say it was a big win, but I don't think it was a... Um, definite massive loss either i guess we'll see in coming weeks who's dropped and who's not and who plays over the buyers i think that will be the decider on whether or not that trade was was worthwhile given i'll probably grab the bunt or elliot yo who i'm going to mention again um this week <laughs> mccray's been super consistent this year he was clutch in the dying quarter um Dowhouse also very good as per usual and it was it was a bit strange to see Hooley um, stepping up. It's a bit of a blast from the past. Um, him and Rance, can you touch on their potential um, status as um, defensive targets at all this year, or are they just not relevant at all? I think Rance is a very tough one because he's got that history. Like he's proven to go. He's had back-to-back seasons of you know 95 average. This year he's only going at 87. Um, he's kindly priced at 471k, which is 64k um, cheaper than his starting price. He also has that round 12 buy, which is really handy um, in the back line. He hasn't been exceptional this year he's been very average um his last three though has been a bit better with a 93 average i'd like to see more from rance i know we said that about Cade simpson and then he came out and went bang with like 148 so i'm hoping um rance can come out with a bang and go like 120 plus this week and make us really consider him as our next defensive uh, upgrade option yeah no doubt it'd be nice if he stood up and really just put his hand up for the job um, and Dustin Martin with another lowly score. He's um, he's definitely tapered off since that first three or four weeks of crazy scoring. Josh Caddy with the first week of supposedly playing much more midfield time, as said by the coach, only putting out an 80-plus score. And um, it was Butler really um, hitting his rookie wall. His break-even is up to 56 now. We will touch on him later, but he was only able to um, fall short of the 60 mark. Um, into the last Saturday game, and it was another upset with Gold Coast taking out Geelong. <laughs> Are you saying you didn't get uh, eight tips this week, or even nine? I-, I got four, which wasn't too bad in the scheme of things, but <laughs> I still didn't register a tip until that Bulldogs game. What about yourself? Oh, I managed a, a very solid three, so yeah, it was, wasn't wasn't great. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's not ideal. And then on to the Geelong Gold Coast game, which was very serviceable. Maybe putting his hand up for a keeper spot in our team with 115, which would definitely, at the very least, keep his cash generation flowing. Um, Tom Lynch was able to break the ton um, with ease again. And then David Swallow, um, if you held on to him, Pistol, which you did, uh, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I'm thinking I'm a little bit of a genius right now. But in uh, all, all seriousness, he did break his uh, break-even. He did reach his break-even, I should say, of 94, scoring a 96. And now his break-even has dropped to 45. So he's going to start generating more cash. 
I am a little bit worried with an article that came out this week that they said, um, Gold Coast said that they're willing to rest David Swallow for a quarter of the season just with managing him because he's unable to manage himself during games. He just is a, a bull and charges at the ball. I think he had 20 contested possessions and three uncontested possessions. So that really shows you that when he's playing, he's in there. He, he's going to get the ball, which isn't great for his uh, longevity of the in the game. Um, so they're trying to manage and look after him in the future by apparently resting him. Hopefully they don't rest him during the buys when we need him the most, um, although he might have been traded out by then. But I'm, I'm very happy with him, and hopefully next week he can back it up with another 90-plus score, and then I'll be um, yeah laughing. Yeah, he did bounce back and repay the faith to those who kept him, that's for sure. Um, Gary Ablett came crashing back down to earth, although he did have a very good game, um, but was bettered by his direct opponent for most of the match, with which was Patrick Dangerfield, who put up a 110. Um, Zach Tui was able to crack the ton again, and after Joel Selwood's fast start, he, was, he fell just short of the ton, which is very disappointing. Um, on to the big discussion point during the week, Pistol, and I'm going to hand it over to you in a second here. Um, Aaron Black was able to score a serviceable 60-plus score, and Parsons just scratching the 19 points. Um, do you want to just talk us through a little bit about um, the advice we give and just the fact that we don't force people to actually jump on it? <laughs> well, that's a, a nice way of putting it. Pretty much, um, yeah, Parsons... Got wrecked. He wasn't anywhere in the game. Um, Black was okay. He wasn't unbelievable. He did kick two goals. There was a lot of poor performers in that Geelong side. I know there's going to be um, major changes. I'm sure they're going to make lots of changes um, come next week. So it'll be interesting to see who gets cut and who stays. I'm not 100% sure. Even though Parsons did have a terrible game, only scoring 19 supercoach points and pretty much largely being ineffective, Sometimes when you're a rookie and you play three games, Barry scored 14 in his third AFL game and he was given two more games as well. You can have bad games. I mean, Parsons, he he did look the better option, I think, um, logically going into it. Didn't turn out well, which happens. So uh, what I'd just like to say is that we did cop a fair bit of criticism over the last week, um, which is pretty strange because we don't usually cop too much criticism. Uh, criticism. So obviously what I'm referring to is the Parsons over Black decision. What people have to understand is that we don't claim to have like a crystal ball and not everything we say is going to be correct. But what we can promise is that we're going to give highly logical advice in general. I think it's a bit harsh to um, have copped so much backlash throughout the week, but let's wait until team news anyway. It might work out for Parsons owners, but unfortunately it doesn't look great for us. Again, just to add to your... Um Add to your sentiment just then before we cap that off. Um, we're not sitting behind our computers and, and laughing away at the people that chose Parsons over Black while we sit there with Black and um, a decent bit of cash in our um, cash den. But it's uh, it's just the luck of the green, really. Um, Parsons will bounce back. I have no doubt about that. So um, don't stress too quickly, community. Um, so jumping over to that game in which you referenced the um, lead goal kicker of... And that's Sydney versus Brisbane. Um, so as you said, Buddy was sensational with 160 super coach points. You had him captain, and 
it just seemed that no matter where he gathered the ball, it was goals. It was the big sticks. He he didn't register a handball for the whole entire game, um, and he put up a, just a massive score pistol. Having that as captain, uh, what were your thoughts? <laughs> I was <laughs> pretty happy, I must say. I think he had something like 15 kicks and 15 score involvement. So, as you said, literally any time he got the ball, it was going through the sticks or it was going near the sticks or passing to someone who was putting it through the sticks. Yeah, there, there was no way that he, Brisbane were going to be able to contain Buddy at the SCG. The ground is so small, he can kick it from anywhere. That was a game that he was going to go big for sure, and he did. So, um, yeah, well done to those that captained him. I think um, if you got him in the last couple of weeks, I'd say it's been a, a tick, even though a mid-80 score last week wasn't the best, but I guess it's been made up for now. And he's got a good run. He's still a kind price at 467k. So if you did miss out on him, his break-even is 32 this week. So he's probably going to go up about to 500k at the end of this week. So if you have missed out and you want to jump on, you can really do it. It's 467k is still fine price. Yeah, and if he scores another ton, then his break-even will stay very low, considering that 80 will be replaced with a... Um, three-digit score. Um, and then on to other players that were relevant in this one. It was Hanabry with a... Um, just a return to form, it seems, with Hanabry. And I myself um, have been looking at him and his form to potentially trade him in. So those who have him, I definitely wouldn't even be wouldn't even be flinching at him, that's for sure. Um, Isaac Heaney came in for his third game and put up a very nice score, although it was only against Brisbane in their first win of the season. Um, Jake Loeb was good again with the return of McVeigh, which is good for the owners of him, considering um, a slight form drop was predicted. And then Tom Rockcliffe was pretty much the only Brisbane Lions player to show up, um, with Martin just falling short of the ton and... Rookies like Barrett and Berry um, scoring just around that 60 mark. So nothing too crazy. Um, and on to the second to last game of the round. It was Melbourne versus Hawthorne in another upset. So um, just upset central this week. And it was the Rough Head Show Pistol. <laughs> finally, finally. I've been waiting for Rough Head to perform for weeks. Basically didn't get rid of him just because I didn't have the trades to i was doing other things with the trades um great to see him reward those that held 114 was massive and he was everywhere stood up when he needed to stand up and i'm really looking forward to watching him next week and seeing if he can back it up because hey if this is a return to form that hawthorne needed that roughhead needed i'm i'm all for it this is a great time for him to to suddenly have a big game and yeah, I think um, if he's going to lift, the whole of Hawthorne's going to lift as well. So that might mean more points for a couple of their other assets, um, such as Tom Mitchell. He scored uh, 108. Yeah, Mr. Consistent Tom Mitchell. He scores in wins and he scores in losses. So um, I was very happy to have started the season with him. And those who are looking for a, a cheap-ish midfield upgrade, he's at 566.5. So um, a very, very lucrative price for someone who's only dipped below the ton once this year. Um, and then on to Melbourne's side of things, it was Oscar, ah, sorry, not Oscar, Clayton Oliver um, failing to score a ton this week. And that pretty much wraps up that game. There wasn't a lot to note, really. Um, and then on to the last game of the round was Fremantle versus Essendon. Um, Fife, um, again, just a, a point shy of the ton. He did get scaled down a point to um, to fail to reach that, which is a bit harsh by champion data. And um, Sanderland is just the 77. He got scaled down six. So 
um, our Fremantle guns aren't really doing it for us, even though they're winning. Yeah, I think the Fremantle gun that might be the best one out of all of them is uh, Lockie Neal. He's priced at 621k, kind of gone under the radar. He's only in 3% of teams. He's got a five-round average of 122. That includes a game where he got an 84. His four-round average is close to 140 with a three-round average of 130. So he's silently just kicking along, scoring really good scores. Um, his last three, his last four in particular, I'll, I'll read them out. It's 140, 119, 124, 147. So Lockie Neal might be actually the, the sneaky one to watch. I don't think he's on anyone's radar at the moment. Yeah, well, hopefully he is now because that 140 plus again this week is just sensational um and zaki Mera on the other side of the ledger also doing very good things although he did have a 100 score at half time um still was able to break the 130 after having a very very quiet third quarter um and then interesting to note that it was Myers debut game this week scoring a 46 um we're going to talk about him right now david Myers. um if you were downgrading a, um, a midfield option or even switching someone into your midfield from your forward line to downgrade them a la Butler, um, would you jump a week earlier on Myers considering our other options just seem very, very scarce? Yeah, there's really, really limited amount of rookies um, this week. I think the ones on the bubble might include um, Kurt Mutimer uh, from West Coast. You've got Myers here as well. Um, who still has played only one game, so you could you could wait another week on him if you wanted to. Um, there's also Jared Berry's only 170k. He might be an option as a mid defender, and hopefully um, McNeese can make a return for that Essendon side because he's only 102k down back, so he's very cheap. But really, there's not much um, going on that rookie side of things. Myers is probably the one. Um, that I that I think is should be relatively safe. I mean, he didn't perform very well, but it's his first game back, and he absolutely dominated the VFL for like three weeks beforehand. So it'd be pretty rough to drop him back there just to see him dominate again. Um, they might give him a couple of weeks just to get up to speed in the AFL. Otherwise, I mean, what, do, do you know much about the other rookies, JB? I do know Mudima played pretty well against Port, so I was quite impressed by him. Um, to see he only scored a 60 um, surprised me a little because I thought he was more around that 70 mark. Um, his presence was definitely felt. Um, if he gets another game this week, his job security is just so iffy, but I'd be tempted to go for him just to avoid getting on Myers a week early, but it's just, it's just so hard to select rookies at this um, time when Berry's an option for us considering he's played like 38 games already and he's gone up and down and up and down in price so um, he's sitting at 170k and honestly he looks like one of our better options but um, for me if Minima gets named he'd probably be my first priority um, and then hopefully Myers puts together a decent score and can play, um, can go in our teams next week. Yeah, I think it's very clear that Mutima is, you know, that, that number 22 or so in that West Coast side. I think they're going to keep trying to pump some games into him. But if he has a couple of stinkers in a row, he, he's going to be gone. So, I mean, it seems like more of a game-by-game uh, proposition. It, it's a risky pick, but I don't know if it's a bad pick. 
Um, Myers is probably that, that little touch safer. And Barry seems to have the best job security out of all of the rookies, given they stuck with him when he scored um, a 32, a 29, and a 14. He has rewarded those with back-to-back 60s um, to reset his break-even now. It's minus 32. So he's more expensive at 170. He has a worse buy um, it, with that round 11 buy, which is not good at all. But he is also a mid uh, defender DPP. So there is a lot of different options. People go with different strategies. Hard to hard to pick which one's the best, actually, this week, JB. Yeah, and if you do consider Mutimer's, um job security, it was very much touted that Houston's was the same going into this season. So um, you do never know when a player can just hold on for dear life in a squad. So hopefully the coach rewards him because... He was good against Port Adelaide this week, and um, if he's selected in the coming week, uh, he'll probably be my downgrade target, although I'm not very convinced by him. Um, the players to trade out this week, I think it's very, very clear if they wear red, blue, and yellow and play in your defense, they pretty much have to get kicked out of your side. <laughs> Are you talking about Laird? Yes. Yes, Laird has to go. He's reached <laughs> his peak price. He's out. <laughs> No, I think you're talking about Hampton and Otten with break-evens of 90 JB. Is that right? Yes, 100% correct. They've looked like they've peaked already, and both of them putting up poor scores in the last fortnight. Otten mostly driven by the fact that Jenkins is back in the squad, although he does look the most capable to actually put up a solid score between now and the next couple of weeks. So if you're choosing between the two, I'd say Hampton's definitely the one to go. Um, and I find this interesting because Houston's been traded out a lot this week, but Butler is um, has a similar break even and isn't being traded out at all, really, if you look at the top 10. Um, how would you compare those two, Pistol? I think a lot will uh, come down to the opponent that they play this week. I mean, for me, Houston is playing Gold Coast, which um, seems a, a bit weak. I mean, I can't really say that based on recent form. I think it's the unknown of them playing in Shanghai. Not really sure what to expect. Um, it might be so smoggy that you actually can't see the ball and um, you'll, kind of, <laughs> you'll kind of just disappear and you won't be able to get any touches. I think his scoring potential is higher than Butler. And as you said, similar breaking. It doesn't make much sense to me that you'd be trading um, Houston out before Butler. Butler does play um, Fremantle though. So I think it's much of mu- muchness just... Pick one and cut it <laughs> and see how you go. You're probably going to um, trade Houston the next week because he has a, has a buy. That, that's probably um, why people are cutting him a week early. But, I mean, I, I imagine those two players go in consecutive weeks anyway. Um, so, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not, not too too fussed about those. JB, who would you get in for a, a Otten or a Hampton, like a defensive primo option? I think the main one that should be on everyone's radar is Doherty, considering he's, um, he was able to stagnate in price this week and only rise by a few K. So I think he's really hitting his straps. And if you don't have Doherty, um, he, it's just very, very scary seeing him rack up that ball in the Carlton defense and just score mammoth scores week in and week out. I mean, he only scored 130 this week because they actually won the game. Um, I don't expect them to do that every week. And against St. Kilda this week, he's going to go mammoth. I'm predicting it right now. And I don't think it's a crazy prediction. So um, he'd, be my, he'd be my definite number one target. And he's a player that not a lot of people started the season with. Who would be your um, go-to option? I can't believe that you predicted the highest averaging backman as your top upgrade option. Who would have thought, JB, that that insight is uh, quite incredible. He's a smoky. Um, 
<laughs> it is a smoky. Um, I, I don't think we should talk much more about Dylan Robin. We already know he's a good option and someone to look at. I'm going to talk about people with kinder prices. Um, Heath Shaw is down to 490k. So I know I just gave you some um, <laughs> crap for, for suggesting Dockery. I'm saying Heath Shaw. He is value. Um, if you're not going to go for him, consider Jake Lloyd at 488k. He's averaging 98 and he's pretty much super super consistent his low of 84 highest 119 he pretty much gets like 100 every single week um so he's he's quite cheap at the moment kate simpson is 515k so he's he's also cheap there's a lot of um i'd say fringe primos like the rats um mcgovern even to an extent how i I imagine they're going to be roughly around the top six if you want to get one of them go for it i don't know which one's the best because they're all have their ups and downs you might want to play that based on the buy but otherwise i think um pay up a bit more money and and get some of the big boys yeah i definitely agree um i reckon it's time to definitely focus on getting the very 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 big guns um considering the tedious amounts of um scores that have been put out by it's sort of mid-range premiums, the lows and the highs and the lows and the highs. If you can get a, a Doherty or if you didn't start with Adams or Lead, I know they're obvious picks, but if you didn't get them, now's the perfect time with the defensive rookies really peaking in price. So for those with Beams and Yago Mira, we are hearing reports that Yago Mira is actually going to be out for a couple of weeks. Unofficial at this stage. Um, we'll see what happens when um, Hawthorne release news later this week. If he's out for a couple of weeks, he's probably got to go. Beams as well. It's a tough situation to be in because he missed a lot of games with that quad injury um, for Collingwood and their buy is coming up in round 11. If he's not ready, they said two minimum. If that meant three, you know, are they going to bring him back for one week and then have the buy or are they just going to play him after the buy? They could, he doesn't even look like a top 15 defender, um, 15 midfielder. So he doesn't look like a defender at all, actually. But which midfielders would you bring in this week for for Beams and Diego Mira? I think my my key target, and I mentioned him earlier, would be Dan Hanabry. He's really, really stepped back up into his um, last year's form with, um, I think it's four out of his last five games being tons, or maybe it's three of his last four. Um, and just really, really hitting his straps. Even with Sydney not quite hitting the winners' board um, as much as we imagined, um, with their with their last win um, over Brisbane and their them playing North Melbourne this week, I reckon they're going to hit a little bit of form. Even if they don't beat North, they'll definitely be in the game. Um, and Hanbury will really just start hitting his straps. What about you? Um, I mean, if you mention Hanbury, you should mention, I guess, uh, Josh P. Kennedy. He's got a break-even of 140 and is priced at 522k, which is very, very cheap for um, Josh P. Kennedy. But the problem is I'm not sure I can trust um, him at the moment. He is scoring very poorly, so I'd probably avoid him. Same goes with Dustin Martin. He is showing really good uh, a price and value for money, 519k. But his last... You know, he's averaging 96 in his last five games. That's not really what you want from a premium midfielder. You really want that 110 mark. I feel much more confident in Zach Merritt. He's um, averaging 108 for the season, and he's only priced at 543K. 20K more than that. Tom Mitchell seems like a very good option. Um, if you're willing to spend more, there's always, you know, the super premium players. You know, you've got the Joel Selwood. The Scott Pendlebury is really cheap at the moment. Dangerfield. Um, you know, you've got the, the Rockliffe Bont. I can talk about the top options, but it's pretty obvious. You can just sort by, 
say uh, average yourself. What about Elliot Yo, JB? How do you see him trading him to the midfield for now and then maybe swinging him to the forward line later? Honestly, I um, I do joke a lot, but that does sound like a very good idea, to be honest. Yo is someone that you, you can trust definitely. You can At this point, you can guarantee he's going to be a top six scoring forward. Um, so to get a top six scoring forward, and although you'd be playing him in your midfield for the moment... Um, to just lock that away so far, and considering his price is going to skyrocket soon, um, I think it's honestly it's one of the most logical trades I've heard. If you don't trust any of those low options and um, can't afford any of the really really high options like Bonson Pelly, um, I know you're um, you'd consider doing the same pistol. So there's no point even asking you. Um, I will just <laughs> warn the community not to really go near uh, Robbie Gray. Obviously, he's got a really low break even because of this week. But um, Gary Ablett included, because of that round nine buy coming up, it's just the wrong time to go to trade those players in. So um, if you're looking to swap O'Meara for Beam, see that Ablett 200-point score and want to get him in your side, um, I'd definitely wait a fortnight for him to come off his buy and play in all those uh, buy weeks to come. Is that decent advice, Pistol? Yeah, definitely don't don't grab those players right before their buys. Um, I think Gray also has a groin injury, so he might be out this week anyway. So... Probably wouldn't be tempted by, by him. I should just want to talk about Yo for a little bit because you never really let me um, get it out of my system. <laughs> so here we go. Strap yourself in. I'll keep it short and sweet. Basically, Elliot Yo is only 525k, which is actually quite generous um, given he's averaging 114 um, this season. His price was kept low because he had one very bad game where he scored 59 um, at the MCG. His two lowest games this year, he's actually the only two times he hasn't cracked the ton, have both been at the MCG where he scored a 59 and an 83. JB, he doesn't play at the MCG for the entire year. Maybe he plays in finals when Supercoach um, is over. For the rest of the season, no games for him scheduled at the MCG. His break-even this week is 32. So his price was kept low because of that uh, 59, but now it's going to skyrocket. If he scores 114 again, you're looking at having to pay 40K more for Yo um, this week. So 525 this week, probably 560 next week. Um, he can become expensive very quickly given his uh, high um, range that he, that he can score. His games at uh, Domain Stadium, his last two have been 150 and 141. He plays at Domain two of the next three games as well, including next week against the Bulldogs. The game in between at Etihad Stadium is where he scored 139 against North Melbourne. Basically, looking at uh, this small sample size, so don't take it for, um, for granted that this will happen, but it's looking very promising that Elliot Yo is going to go big over the next couple of weeks. I don't see him going sub 100. So if you if you don't get him this week, you're probably paying a heck of a lot more for him over the next couple of weeks or around the buys. He's certainly one to consider this week. I'm just putting the case forward. Don't shoot the messenger if he fails. He is called Yo-Yo for a reason. This year, I'm not so sure, given the lack of games at MCG, if he actually is going to be such a bad option. So thus is Supercoach this year. When you expect someone to score big, they falter. Penderbury against Carlton, great record of all time, 91. Players don't always score how we predict them to score. And I predict Elliot Yo will do exactly the opposite to what everyone else is thinking. And he will go sub-90 in one of those next three games, Pistol. So, 
You can mark my words. Um, but that's just my opinion. I, I personally am happy to wait until he puts out another one of those 80s. I'm not going to rush him in. Um, if I take an extra couple of weeks to look at him and he goes 105, 110, then I'll have to obviously uh, stress and get him in quickly. But I don't think that's going to happen at this point. I think he's going to drop in price um not not obviously in the coming weeks due to his break even, but he will one week and that'll be the week that I'll um, really aim to get him in. This week, um, I'm aiming for the uber, uber, uber proven premiums. The keyword being proven pistol. <laughs> Fair enough. There is uh, definitely a safer way to play in getting the, the proven premiums. Sometimes a bit of fun taking a, a bit of a gamble like a, a buddy C. And I would say Elliot Yo, I'm not sure how much of a gamble it is. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's a very big gamble. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we're jumping to the around the ground section but quickly quickly before we sign off. Um, it was Scott Selwood for Geelong really making those Parsons owners sweat with 32 disposals and a goal. Any chance he pops back into the squad pistol? Oh, there's every chance. But then again, half the Geelong team could be dropped. So who knows who's going to come in and out. I think there's going to be mass changes. You're not wrong there. And Brett Eddy with another five goals and that makes it 16 in a month for Brett Eddy. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say he will probably come back into the port side this week. And I'd say someone like Robbie Gray may not travel. So um, I can see him definitely come back in. We do need very, very skillful goal kickers and not behind kickers come in. So um, I think he could be used very, very uh, smartly by Ken Hinckley this week. Um, Priest was in the best um, players again this week. Um, he's been doing that pretty much week in and week out in the resis. So... Um, Goldstein owners will have to sweat a little bit more uh, at team selections. And lastly, Nick Newman with 30 disposals and 8 marks. Is there any danger Horse brings back one of his informed defenders in the past fortnight? Oh, it's pretty tough given um, Sydney absolutely smashed Brisbane. I'm not sure who there they would drop for Newman. He might have to wait another week in the knee and dominate again, but he's going to get another chance. I, I don't think people can trade him out. Um, he's, he's going to come back. It's going to be sooner rather than later, especially when he's putting up these ridiculous numbers in the NEFL. He's got to get games. They need a, they need to play their youngsters um, just to get some experience into them. I'm not sure they're going to make finals, but you know he's, he's definitely coming back at some stage. Just hope it's next week. Please, Pistol, confirm to me that this isn't Tom Mitchell Mark II. <laughs> yeah, it might be, but uh, I don't think it will be this year, no. Oh, all right, that puts me at ease a bit. Um, and with that news, we're going to sign off for the podcast for the week. Um, thanks very much for joining me, Pistol. Um, you can find us on iTunes as per usual, SoundCloud, and make sure you follow the links in the Facebook post to find our donation link and our Supercoach Ring link, which has been um, gathering popularity in the last fortnight. So um, people trying to get their orders in and that delivery to their place ASAP before the season starts closing into the buy section and people start rage quitting their Supercoach. Um, thank you very much. As always, Pistol, it was great talking to you. Yeah, thanks again, community. And thank you again, Daniel, for your very sizable donation to the Cancer Council. Please do email us. Um, yeah, we will do anything to help you that you need. Um, and thanks to everyone else that donated during the week. And thanks, Elliot Yo. <laughs> Why'd he get a thank you at the end? Oh, it's just going to be part of my standard now, I think. <laughs> oh, no. All right, thanks, community.